It's good to be with you again. Glad you're with us. Uh, we're uh, handling principle number three today. And principle number three is acknowledge, acknowledge your enemy, but keep your eyes on the Lord. We're going to be looking at Exodus 14, 8 as our, our, just one of our verses to focus on. But we're going to be looking all the way through the sermon, verses 5 through 9. So let me read verse 8 to you. That's Exodus 14, 8. Said the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the Israelites who were going out triumphantly. Let's pray together. Father, I ask that you help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit and your word of knowledge you give to me to speak to people who are watching, listening. Uh, Lord, if you prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. Uh, and you will remind me out of everybody that's in service during the, the, our times on Sunday or people who are watching today. I'm the one under a greater judgment, a more strict judgment than anyone. I acknowledge that and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray, his name that I preach. We're dealing with principle number three, acknowledge your enemy, but keep your eyes on the Lord. I wanna take you back to principle number two because we're gonna mention it today in the sermon, uh, be more concerned with God's glory than your relief. I wanna begin in verse five, and we're gonna take these verses five, six and seven, eight and nine, and just walk through them. I want you to look at verse five, and it says, when the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about the people and said, what have we done? What's happened? We have released Israel from serving us. Some things I want to set in here for you. Realization is setting in. You're going to have to let your mind get in movie mode for just a moment. He says the question, what have we done? We've released Israel from serving us. You need to understand that all their slave labor and work has left. Uh, construction has stopped. Any building has stopped. The horses aren't being fed. The general task of even fetching water and doing whatever they do, their general task has stopped. Uh, this will put us in line with our pandemic. Uh, his, uh, his economy has absolutely folded. Uh, with all the slaves and the slave labor going, it, it is... The, the menial tasks of life have been halted. Uh, and he, he's, his realization is setting in, uh, but God is causing it to set in. And he says, what have we done? We've released Israel from being able to serve us. Um, you ever been here? You ever been to the part where you said, what have I done? I have. I've been there. Have you said the question, what just happened? What just happened? We've all been there. We even ask one of the natural questions. How'd I get here? How'd I get here? How'd this happen? Uh, if you find yourself in those situations, I want to go back to principle number two. Be more concerned with God's glory than your relief. And you're, you, you may not like that for yourself. Now, I may like it for Tyra. I may look at Tyra, uh, who's with us today and has been and will be, uh, I may look at Tyra and say, Tyra, you hang in there. You know, you hang in there. It's be more concerned with God's glory than your relief. And But when, when you say that to me and it's my relief, 
I may say that I want my relief more than God's glory. So uh, you get to the realization of what, what have we done? What have I done? Uh, how this happened? How'd I get here? Remember the way out of that? The way out of that is how can I glorify God in this situation? I just wanted to re take you back to the last sermon in this series and give you a, a recall to that. That's how you get out of those situations. So realization is setting in with Pharaoh. The economy is collapsing. All of it has come to a halt. And uh, we look at verses six and seven. So he got his chariot ready. He picked it. He took his troops with him. He took 600 of the best chariots and all the rest of the chariots of Egypt with officers in each one. He is putting his army together. Uh, he's making ready his troops. And basically, uh, he's taking all the army, which is a vast army. Uh, there's a question I need to ask here. Uh, they are going to pursue the children of Israel. They're going to be after them. The chase is on. Uh, you ever felt like you had the whole army against you? You ever felt like that the enemy was pursuing you and nobody else? Where the bullseye was on you and nobody else? We have all felt that way. All of us have felt that way. I know we're going through a book, and I'm kind of using the book as a guide. I'm not using everything in it. I do want you to read it. I hope it blesses you. I'm, not, I'm just using it as a guide. And in this chapter, principle number three, acknowledge your enemy, but keep your eyes on the Lord. Uh, the writer does a really good job of comparing Pharaoh and Satan. Pharaoh's the enemy of the Israelites, and we know that Satan is our enemy, and he has great comparison there. Uh, he has great comparison of what the enemy does and how it looks and is managed even with Pharaoh and the pursuing army. Uh, but, I, and I want to speak to, I'm not going there like he did, and I'm going to tell you why, because there's, there's something the Lord kept leading me to over and over and over. And when I get to it, you're going to know it, of why I chose to go the route that I did through these verses. But the book does a wonderful job of telling us what the enemy tries to do to us in comparison of what Pharaoh is doing with the Israelites. I do want you to know that I acknowledge that and I'm in agreement with him on that. But I want to speak to today. It's very easy for me to say that the enemy is working uh, with this pandemic, orders, uh, and you're going to go, well, how can you so easily say that? And I'm going to say it because there is one emotion that I'm seeing uh, throughout the world through news media or just my own experiences, and that is anger. In Ephesians, uh, Paul writes to the Ephesian church that you can be angry, but don't sin. Anger is not the sin. It's a negative emotion, but it leads to sin. And he says, you can be angry, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, if you're angry with somebody, settle it within that day. Don't, don't let night come that you haven't handled it or that you haven't taken care of it. And then the next verse is very key to how I can interpret that the enemy, Satan, is behind a lot of things that's going on today with the explosion of people and their emotion and, and even their behavior. And that is, it says, lest the devil have a foothold. 
If you let your anger, which is not the sin, what happens after the anger is a sin, and part of the sin is letting it go more than a day's journey with you. It's not checking it. You've got to check it. And you're going to say to me, well, what about righteous anger? All anger has to be checked within a day because it says, lest the devil have a foothold because if you carry your anger more than a day's journey with you, the devil's going to have a foothold and right now he's opened up the door. So it's easy for me to say, it's real easy for me to say that the enemy is at work in our nation, uh, around the world in this pandemic because people are carrying their anger more than a day's journey and the devil's not only got a foothold, you all, he has kicked in the door. So the enemy does pursue, he does go after us, but I, I, uh, I've got to hold it to the next point. I can't hardly do it. The team in here is filming today. I've just been ready to go. I, uh, you just need to open up the gate and let me fly. And we're going to get there pretty quickly. Just hang on to me. Pharaoh, Pharaoh is now thinking and saying, what is one deliverer and a bunch of slaves against my army? Now, it doesn't say that in the text, but it does is we're going to gather all of our army, and what, what are they? They don't have anything. What are they with one deliverer and a bunch of slaves? What are they against this army that I'm putting together? Principle number three today, acknowledge your enemy, but keep your eyes, keep your eyes on the Lord. In this passage, verses five through nine, you're going to say, where is this happening? And in a minute, I'm going to give you a key word that shows you exactly where it is happening. But please remember, even though Pharaoh is saying they've got one deliverer and they're just a bunch of slaves, we'll take them in no time. Just remember, Israel has more than one deliverer. Yes, Moses is their leader in flesh, but God, he is their deliverer. And you need to understand this with their life, and you need to understand this with your life. God has and will deliver his people from unsurmountable cost and unsurmountable odds. God has and will deliver his people. And I'm gonna show you this in just a moment. Let's look at verse eight. This is the one I couldn't wait to get to. It says, the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the Israelites who were going out triumphantly. The pursuit is on. Pharaoh is angry. His workers and his economy is tanking. This should be easy because he's going after a bunch of unarmed slaves. No problem. It's just a matter of time. But if you look in verse eight, this is the part that I'm excited about. And I want you to be excited about whether you don't want to be excited about it or not. And that is, it's the word. It is the word triumphantly. Look what it says in verse eight. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He pursued the Israelites. And as they left Egypt, it says they were going out triumphantly. Israel has already won and the Red Sea hasn't even happened yet. Israel has already, verse eight, they walked out of Egypt triumphantly in uh, the Red Sea experience. The waters hadn't parted. I want you to see this. Do you see this? That when they walked out of Egypt with God, they walked out triumphantly. Here's the part I couldn't wait to get to. The key word of all this today is triumphantly. 
I know that our writer in the book that we're in went uh, went easier on to the compare the comparison between Pharaoh and Satan. And I, I'm going to get to that a little more in a minute. I've already hit it a little bit where we can see the enemy pursuing and what he's doing. But triumphantly is the key. And this is where God kept leading me to in this message. I already had written it another way, but triumphantly kept coming back to me. And you may have it in your version, uh, in scripture where it uses the word defiantly. You may have a version that says boldly. And you may have a version that uses the the interpretation of high hand. So let me work those in there. The, who were going out defiantly, who were going out uh, boldly, who were going out high-handedly. Let me tell you what this means and how important this is to us to this whole sermon today. And not only that, into where you and I are in the midst of this pandemic and everything going on around us. The word triumphantly in verse eight means hand. And it does mean high hand. It is the Hebrew word. Uh, it is a word that is referred to as the, the Yod, Y-A-D. And when we were in seminary, we just thought we were funny. I think my jokes are funny, whether you think my jokes are funny or not, I do. And we young preachers in seminary uh, haven't had Hebrew. Uh, we, uh, we would go around saying the Yod of God thinking we were saying something really funny, which the word Yod means the hand of God. I told you that we, we will get to looking at our enemy in these verses five through nine. But yet the principle says, keep your eyes on the Lord. And you're going, how is that happening in verses five through nine? If you're reading that, I think that is a legitimate question. Here's the point that you need to understand. Acknowledge your enemy, but keep your eyes on the Lord. Listen, the reason they could walk out of Egypt triumphantly was because the hand of God was on them. So his hand, they've already won, and the Red Sea hasn't even happened yet. Uh, I want to take you to a verse that talks about our enemy, Satan. It's 1 John 4, 4. John writes, you are from God, little children, you have, and you have conquered them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. In this pandemic, you're feeling trapped, overwhelmed. Don't focus on the circumstance. Focus on the Lord and walk. Listen to me. Walk as if the hand of God is on you. Walk triumphantly with the high hand of God on you. Pharaoh is forgetting one thing. They have a, a, they have a, a leader in flesh and blood named Moses. They're a bunch of slaves and they're unarmed and they're, they're afraid. There's all kinds of things going on, but listen, this is what he is missing. The hand of God is upon these people. In verse nine, the Egyptians, all Pharaohs, all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots, his horsemen, his army, chased after them, caught up with them as they camped by the sea beside Pihirot and in the front of, ba of Baal Zephon, they, the place where we already know that they're encamping. They are seemingly trapped by the mountains, the sea, and the pursuing Egyptian army. Don't forget that. 
But God has a plan to humiliate Pharaoh and his Egyptians and all their gods and all their belief and all the power that they think they have. The Lord hardened their hearts. Don't forget that. But he is setting a plan in order, setting them up. And don't forget, the Israelites seem to be trapped, but it is actually Pharaoh in Egypt that is trapped. Please remember that there is no one like our God. And we are to have no other lowercase g, God's absolutely before him. And the key to all this is the word triumphantly in verse 8. Acknowledge the enemy, but keep your eyes on the Lord. Acknowledge that the enemy is at work in this pandemic, but keep your eyes on the Lord. How can I do that? Know that the hand of God is on you. I wish Christians could live that way. The hand of God is on you, and that hand is going to make a way, and he is going to lead us through. Amen? Say amen with me. And realize the truth of it is we live triumphantly because the hand of God is not only on them then. The hand of God is on this now. And he will lead us through. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to us today. Uh, Grace and peace.